Hi everyone, welcome back to Rolling with the Winners episode 10. We are in double digits now uh, for episode numbers, super exciting. Uh, we have a lot happening in the world of sports right now, some really good content that I cannot wait to dig into here. Um, so let's just get into it. Uh, first of all, my hometown, Cleveland, Ohio, killed it with the MLB All-Star Week. Unfortunately, I could not be present for it, but I have heard very solid reviews from people on social media saying that Cleveland has done a wonderful job, so shout out to the motherland. Um, The National League manager, actually, Dave Roberts, he um, was quoted the other day saying, uh, the logistics, the city, the weather, the fans during the parade, during the game, Uh, They were attentive, cheering for past and present Indians, and they were just really engaged. Major League Baseball and the city of Cleveland got it right. Um, And then Shane Bieber also said, uh, it's such a good, hard, gritty town. I can't say enough about how this All-Star Weekend and week has been run. I was talking to some guys, and they said it's one of the better run All-Star games and weekends they've been to. Uh, So just wanted to give those quotes out because shout out to Cleveland, man. I feel like a proud mom right now when I read these. Uh, Just really exciting to feel appreciated uh, by people for for what we put on and looking forward to the future big events that the city will be hosting in the next couple years. Uh, Also want to give a shout out to Carlos Carrasco. Um, I have repeatedly been watching the videos from the All-Star Game when they do the stand-up to cancer and he came out on the field and was super emotional. I literally ugly cried watching it, and I I just keep repeatedly watching it. It's like the uh, military members coming home from war videos that you know are going to make you cry, but you just keep watching them anyways. Um, And that is what I'm doing to myself with this right now. Um, Apparently, I just needed a good cry. So Um, shout out to Carlos Carrasco. Everyone out there is praying for you. and thinking of you during this time Uh, but that was just a really cool moment it's always so powerful when sports use those moments uh, to highlight bigger issues in the world and like I always say that there are some things that are just bigger than sports and that was one of those moments um, him standing aside his teammates um, and it was it was a cool moment um, so on to some of the topics for today. I have had multiple requests from people to give some more thoughts on the U.S. women's soccer team. Um, first of all, congrats to those just honestly badass women for winning the World Cup. Such a great accomplishment. Um, I did touch a little bit last um, episode on the, the kind, of, kind, of, kind, of, kind of pay disparity um, in sports, but I want to dig a little deeper into it because I think it is important and it has been coming up so much more now, especially with the success of the U.S. women's national team. Um, so just a couple important facts to know before I get into some of my actual opinions. Um, the U.S. women's home jersey, uh, the soccer jersey, is now the number one soccer jersey men's or women's ever sold on Nike.com in one season. 
This Women's World Cup final game outdrew last year's Men's World Cup final game in overall viewership in the United States. Um, This fact was put out there by Fox. The women had 14.3 million viewers this year, and the men had 11.4 million viewers last year. I recognize, yes, that this stat isn't a 100% valid stat to use because the U.S. men's team was not playing in that game last year, but I still want to show the popularity in terms of viewership, so I I still want to... show that it is an important fact to look at um you you all hear about the large differences in the bonuses that the men's teams get in the world cup compared to the women's and there are literally hundreds of stats being thrown out there um the women's world cup is still also relatively new it's only been around i believe since 1991 um it is growing very rapidly in popularity but it is still a newer concept um and look at the end of the day If you don't believe at this point that the women should be getting paid better, you are just, you're crazy. Like, they have more success than the men and quite frankly, for their popularity, are not being compensated correctly. I am the first to say I understand viewership needs to play a role in how much money people get because that's how much those events are bringing in. But this goes so much deeper than that. It's disrespectful at this point to these women who are literally the best at what they do and are getting squat for it. And people keep saying, but the men bring in more revenue, but the men bring in more revenue, which if you are specifically looking at U.S. soccer, not not worldwide, just U.S. soccer, the women actually brought in more from 2016 to 2018, 50.8 million to 49.4 million. And you want to know why? Because the men didn't even qualify for the World Cup, which actually proves my point even more. Why are the two amounts so close when the men didn't even qualify Um But still, the women were bringing in the money. So you can't say they didn't. And that's the men's fault for not qualifying. Like, you should have qualified. At the end of the day, too, the men and women are doing the same job. They go to work. They have the same job description every day. In any other world, they would be getting paid the same. So... It's it's just getting a little little crazy at this point. Um, you know, there's been some great quotes out there. Um, and I believe Megan, she said it best. Um, we, she said, we all players, every player at this World Cup put on the most incredible show that you could ever ask for. We can't do anything more to impress more, to be better ambassadors, to take on more, to play better, to do anything. It's time to move that conversation forward to the next step. And I really like the way she said that because she's like, we have given everything we possibly could and nothing is changing, um, or at least not enough is changing. Um, So there is actually a bill that has been introduced within the last few days that would halt funding for the 2026 World Cup until the soccer pay gap is closed. So definitely keep your eye out for more details if anything actually comes from that. I mean, it it literally was just introduced, so it doesn't really mean anything quite yet, but just definitely keep a lookout for that. Um, Also, Alex Morgan's celebration with sipping the tea was super awesome. And if one more person says that was disrespectful, I will literally drop kick you back to England. Seriously, it was it was so clever. And soccer is a sport where you very rarely score. So you got to do something big when you do. And I honestly thought it was clever. I've seen We've all seen much more disrespectful celebrations that have gotten far less criticism. So Alex Morgan, you rock. 
I also love the videos of her twerking in the locker room after the big win. Uh, she's awesome. So yeah, my final thoughts, I guess, on that are that if there are still any men wasting their time debating that these women who are the best at what they do in the entire world and they're saying they should not make more money um, and they're bothered by their confidence or their cockiness, I think those men are honestly just insecure in their masculinity or something. There's there's an underlying issue and they need to find a different hobby because it's just getting old and it doesn't even make sense anymore to be arguing so aggressively like that. Um, all right, so got a little heated there, but moving on, uh, this is kind of shifting gears to a very random topic that I had a request to discuss, um, dealing with high school sports um, and how the world is kind of changing I feel like it's changing every year even more when even from when I was a kid growing up playing sports uh, before almost everyone was a multi-sport athlete um, and you could play three different seasons um, and now it's kind of shifting where there people are almost being forced into being single sport athletes um, in their high school years. And I am honestly always going to be a believer that playing multiple sports is better. It's harder in some ways, but it's better for you in the long run. A lot of coaches say they want to support you in playing multiple, multiple sports, but then they get frustrated when you have other commitments that aren't their sport. So I think that's where some of the work that needs to be done in improving that lies because you should support your athletes if they want to play multiple sports. It's honestly good for them um, in a lot of ways. I think it's better for your body to mix things up, not be doing the same thing repetitively over and over again. It's better for you mentally to mix things up. It is so easily, it's so easy to get burned out on a sport or burned out on anything if you do it that intensely especially as a kid um and the way travel sports are working travel baseball au basketball club volleyball whatever extra leagues you have to play in it's getting to be a bit of an overload where mentally it's just draining these kids who originally loved that sport and maybe don't love it as much anymore because they're overdoing it so i will always be a firm believer in playing more if that's what you want to do do more or do other things. It doesn't even have to be multiple sports. Just do multiple things so that you are not getting burned out because that just happens way too often. Um, okay, so on to the NBA because always have a lot to say. Um, first of all, kind of the lighter topic of, of the NBA, we have some number changes happening here. So Braun gifted 23 to 80 and he is going back to six. Um, I'm kind of sad about this, but slowly slowly getting over it um I guess you know Braun's just trying to be a good teammate like he always is so I respect it um Kevin Durant is moving to number seven on Brooklyn um which I don't really care about so I actually don't know why I mentioned that because it means nothing to me um so on to obviously free agency um, and just what this means for the coming year. So as I expected, Kyrie Irving is now a Brooklyn Net, which obviously, like I said, makes a lot of sense for him as a player, as a person, totally works, um, along with Kevin Durant. Um, I saw that Kevin Durant actually posted on social media that he was going to the Nets before he even officially talked to the Nets about the deal, which is 
literally the most Kevin Durant thing to do. Take to social media rather than actually interacting with human beings about his choices. I mean, he couldn't have done it better. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm going to need Nick's fit or not Knicks fans, Nets fans, sorry, to relax a little bit here. I get they are excited, but just be a little bit realistic. Um, Kevin Durant is, he's going to be out for a little while um, with his injury here, and you have no idea uh, what level he is going to be playing at when he gets back. It might take him some time to get back into it after the time off. And Kyrie Irving is also a very injury-prone player, so I have no confidence that he's going to be healthy the whole season either because he's almost never healthy other than for when he was playing with LeBron for the most part. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a lot of confidence in that team because I think it's very up in the air on how that's going to work out. But I don't know. Nets fans are excited. So I guess congrats, but whatever. Uh, the most important piece of all of the free agency moves is obviously that Kawhi Leonard is now a Clipper and he brought his friend Paul George along as well. Um, so I thought I had originally said that I thought Kawhi was going to stay in Toronto. Um, but that sly dog, I mean, if I would have known him behind the scenes talking with Paul George and all this stuff, he, he kept very quiet and was just really scheming everyone. He totally schemed the Lakers too, which was wild and kind of funny. But um, a lot of people have been asking me if I'm upset that Kawhi didn't go to the Lakers or just wondering what my thoughts are in general uh of this move I um I don't think Kawhi on the Lakers would have worked to be quite honest I don't think him AD and Braun would have really meshed together um but beyond my opinion on him not working with the Lakers I think that this is the most exciting thing that's happened to the NBA in a while because for the first time in I don't know how long we actually have no idea who's going to be in the finals this year like I couldn't even really guess and say this is for sure what's going to happen. And I I just love that for the sport. As as a basketball fan, I could not be happier. Uh, We have a significant number of teams. I'd say like six plus teams, honestly. Maybe like six to eight teams. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, 76ers, Rockets, Warriors, maybe a couple others. I don't even want to throw the Nets in there because I honestly don't feel like they're actually a contender. But there's a lot of teams you could make a legit argument for that they could win the title. Um, Maybe I'll do another episode where I make a real legit argument for each of those teams on how it would look like for them to win the title. Um, Let me know if you want to hear that because that could be interesting. Um, But you have a ton of teams there with like maybe two stars and just at least a decent supporting cast. And that's just going to make for some awesome basketball. I mean, the NBA really has the best offseason. I know there are downsides to the way the NBA works sometimes, but you can't lie that it is just so honestly thrilling every year. There's always big stuff happening. There's always big free aid big free agents out there and everyone's wondering what's going to happen um and kind of reflecting on all the big moves that have happened in the last five to ten years of the league maybe even not even ten but like five five ish years i would say of the league um it's crazy to think about the time that the league blocked the chris paul trade um 
But so many more crazy, impactful moves have happened since then that didn't get blocked. So if you don't remember this, I believe it was maybe 2011, I want to say, the New Orleans Hornets at the time, not the Pelicans, the Hornets, which I still honestly sometimes mess up and call them the Hornets because that's what they were, but whatever. Um, At the time... They were going to trade Chris Paul to the Lakers. And basically, the commissioner at the time, David Stern, he blocked it because he thought it would be not cool for Chris Paul and Kobe to be playing on the same team, which obviously this was Chris Paul's peak in his career, and Kobe was obviously still very great. Um, But it's absurd to think about that when you look at everything that has happened since then. The big three in Miami, Kevin Durant joining the 73-9 and Warriors, even like the Kevin Love, Kyrie, LeBron in Cleveland. Like there's big things that have happened um, and big players coming together and it feels like they could do whatever they want now and it's just wild that that was what was blocked. Um, but my, you know, my dad actually, he always says that there's going to be a day of reckoning for the NBA because the players have almost too much power right now and the money is getting crazier too. And in any other league, if a player asks for a trade, they are screwed and they have really don't have a say in where they go. Uh, but before this year, I would probably say that in the NFL, they would get sent to the Browns, but that would actually now be a huge blessing. So they won't get sent there. Um, but in the NBA, when you ask to be traded, um, and I'm not sure why the hell everyone is so okay with this, but you usually end up on like a playoff or championship contender. Like you get what you want and it's it doesn't make sense. It's like, why are we rewarding people for being disloyal? Like if you really want off your team, I think we should just start funneling people straight to the Knicks. Like you want to trade Knicks. Because then we know without a doubt you will fail. And then people will stop asking for trades. I think that's what we should write in to the new rules of the league in order to... This is how we fix it. You're on the Knicks. Sorry. Sucks to be you. Okay, so moving on. Um, So my dad has been saying for I don't know how many years that LeBron will retire once he gets to play one season in the NBA with his son. And now LeBron has really started talking about this. So I, I still am giving my dad full credit I wish he could have bet on it in some way because he's been saying it for so long and now LeBron's actually like, yeah, I, I want to play with my son. Like, that would be the coolest thing ever. Uh, so LeBron's son has the ability to begin his career in the NBA depending on if the one-and-done college rules exist or not because they could change. Who knows how that works out? But he could be in the league in 2023 if he comes in. So LeBron could be a free agent in 2021 So you picture this, LeBron comes back to finish his career in Cleveland. He comes back to the Cavs in 2021, signs a three- to four-year deal, and the Cavs tank right before Bronny is going to be in the draft so that we can get a high pick because Bronny's obviously going to be a top-ten pick in the draft, and then the Cavs draft Bronny. I'm telling you guys, it's happening. I just envision it all the time. I will cry. I don't even know how I will react, but it's happening just speak things into existence. <laughs> That's how you do it. So now for the ESPYs, which still on my bucket list for when I am the most famous sports broadcaster. Just kidding. Um, I love the ESPYs. I think they they used to be better. I loved them growing up. Um, and they've kind of gotten away from sports in a lot of ways, which makes me sad. But 
I still watch them, still love them. They're currently on right now, actually. I watched a little bit, started recording. I'm trying to kind of keep up with it, but I have a bedtime, so sorry. <laughs> Had to get recording. Um, but my shout-outs for the night that I have seen thus far, Migos introducing the best record-breaking performance category, just because I love Migos. I wish they would have just started like doing their ad-libbing on stage. Um, that would have been awesome, but super pumped to see them out there. Uh, Drew Brees, he welcomed Zion to the city of New Orleans, and uh, it was so cute. You could see Zion's face was like, holy shit, Drew Brees is talking about me when Drew Brees shouted out to him in his speech. I just like love the innocence of young players when they're still shocked when major athletes know who they are even though obviously Zion is a major athlete himself now um Zion won best college athlete so shouts out to him um and he had a he had a cute little acceptance speech too he was like I love Duke wish I could have stayed a second year uh but I had some other things to do so it was it was a good moment um Alex Morgan the queen won best female athlete and gave an awesome speech homegirl bringing home the trophies this week honestly this has got to be like a top week in her life for sure um but I've been like I said been trying to keep up with SVs while recording so if I see something big that comes up on my phone I'll try to shout it out before I finish up with this podcast um but for this week on important things to note when crushing brewskis in the muni lot so for starters, if you didn't already hear, Baker Mayfield is married. So obviously my dreams are crushed, um, but it's okay because Brooks Kepka, my boy, still doesn't have a ring, so I'm still chilling. Also waiting to hear because I think he's up for best male athlete in the ESPYs. Would love for that to happen, so we'll see. Um, but congrats, Baker. Like I said, hopefully... You know, hopefully we can add another ring to your finger this year with a with a little Super Bowl win. But other than that, um, I want to give you a few impactful players to watch for this season with the Browns who aren't named Baker Mayfield or Odell Beckham Jr. Because I feel like those are the only two people I talk about in regards to the Browns. But we got a solid cast around us here, so they need to be spoken about too. So we got David Njoku. Um, I wanted to talk about him, actually, because I feel like he's going to be one of those sleeper fantasy football candidates this year, like someone you could you could draft in the later rounds um, that would be a good player to keep on your bench for you if you have to throw someone in to get solid production for a week when you have too many players on by, or you know maybe depending on the setup of your league, if you have tight end as an option for the flex, that could be a good place for him too. Um, I don't know if I would make him number one tight end, but I also have no idea how he's going to be this year, so you never know. And I guess it depends on how many teams you have in your league. Lots of factors at play, but uh, maybe depending on who else is out there, I feel like he's going to be a consistent guy this year, which is what I personally look for in fantasy players. I don't I don't love when I have players that drop 40 points one week and negative three the next. Like, it's annoying, and then you don't win. So I prefer the people who are dropping, especially for those, you know, flex maybe, second running back, whatever. Like if they're dropping 15, 20 a week and you're just rolling like that, you need those guys on your team. So maybe he could be one of those for you. But I was thinking maybe when I get closer to the season, I will do a mock fantasy football draft for an episode just to get you guys prepped 
for for the year if you're if you're interested in that I think that would be good so let me know on that as well um another player I want to talk about is Demarius Randall so he came to us from Green Bay um and he just didn't really fit well in Green Bay but it felt like his style of play has meshed better in Cleveland um he was a really consistent guy and is also very versatile uh I feel like we could use him in different ways and he's comfortable doing so um so I think this year is setting up to be his best season yet if he continues on on the path he was last year lastly I want to talk about Buckeye Denzel Ward uh I always have to call someone a Buckeye before I say their name, just to remind you because they're important people. Um, but he had a phenomenal rookie season, obviously. 53 tackles, three interceptions, 11 pass deflections, one force fumble, and two fumble recoveries and 13 games played. So it is definitely looking like a promising second season for him. And I'm I'm always pumped to see a Buckeye in Cleveland um, and even more pumped when they do super well, uh, which is what, you know, I didn't like Jabril Peppers because M-word guy, and I just didn't want to see him in my city. So just keep the Buckeyes coming in. Um, but that is all I have for you guys this week. Uh, like I always say, if you could please, please, please leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. Uh, also, you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts or give me a follow on Spotify if that's where you listen. Uh, but thank you so much for tuning in again. Hope you guys had a great 4th of July. Hope you guys are having a great summer um, and just killing life. So thanks for listening.